you're here. Bill Michaels Show. On the air. On a day that you wake up and you're like, ah, I kind of miss mixed feelings. You think, eh, you know what? They got blown out in week one last year, came back to be one of the best teams, the best team, as a matter of fact, in the NFC. Uh, ultimately, it didn't do them uh, any justice because they fell right away. Um, on the other hand, you can say there's a lot of negative. You know, you can look at the body language. You can look at, uh, you know, Eric Stokes, who had so much promise coming into the season and playing throughout the season last year, um, who just got torched uh, yesterday, uh, not taking Zach Tom over Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen got his ass handed to him. Um, you know, um, you just had Amari Rogers, non-existent basically. He's a, he's a below average returner in my opinion. So he, he bulked up, he looks better, you know, he looks the part, but still, you know, really nothing there. As a matter of fact, when it came to receiving yesterday and being a part of the offense, there wasn't any, he had one carry for negative one yard. That was it. There was nothing there. Um, you got you to question Joe Barry because after the game yesterday, um, Jair Alexander said specifically, I asked to be on Justin Jefferson all day. All throughout the practice last week, he kept saying, I want to be on him, I want to be on him, I want to be on him. Now you got to go to Joe Barry and go, what the hell were you thinking? He ended up with, he ended up with Devondre Campbell, Eric Stokes, Adrian Amos, all covering him at certain times, and of which he had an absolute field day. Just for whatever reason, they didn't do it. Uh, obviously, you can talk about, uh, you know, the little tete-a-tete between uh, Aaron Rodgers and Zedarius Smith, which we're going to hear from Zedarius' side because Aaron Rodgers said, I have no comment. He didn't, uh, and I don't even think Zedarius is telling us the truth. You know, I, I don't think he's telling us the truth. I think he, when he says, you know, yeah, I was just telling him you're a quarterback, not a blocker. Uh, I think there's more to it than that, to be honest with you. Um, then you had, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, a few people saying, well, Joe Barry deserves a pass because his defense was asked to do so much. No, that was a that was a defense that came into the season yesterday as being this this high powered top five. What the cap- and I agree. Look, I think they're going to be fine, but there still has to be some questions as to why. Uh, th- this was very reminiscent of Plaxico Burris running wild in the NFC Championship game, only to find out that at the end of the game they finally decided to put a double team on him to you know shut him down because Al Harris couldn't stay with him anymore. And then when asked at the end of the game why'd you do it, they said, "Well, we felt at that point in time it was warranted." Well. What happened in the first three and a half quarters? You know, same thing yesterday. And Quay Walker, Quay Walker, it's interesting because Quay Walker yesterday really racked up, statistically speaking, uh, a lot of statistics. Eight tackles yesterday. Um, But the one thing I will say, and I love his energy. This is a guy, there's a positive and a negative here. The the, the positive is his energy was high. He's a sideline-to-sideline guy, okay? Okay. and we haven't seen truly that probably since the first year of A.J. Hawk. And then they started using him different, and, and everything kind of became above mediocre, I guess might be the best, best way to put it. 
But um, Quay Walker, for the tackles that he made, and he was there. I mean, he, he was hitting people. I like that. But there were at times where he just – it's going to take time for him to learn. He was just put in positions where they knew they were going at the rookie. We're going to make you figure it out. And, he, you know, if you guess wrong, you're screwed. And so there was a couple of times where he was making tackles, but he's making tackles well downfield. Devondre Campbell yesterday, 11 tackles, had a tackle for loss yesterday. Uh, Rashawn Gary had two quarterback hurries yesterday. He put pressure on on um, on Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, let, let me step back. I said going into the game, Kirk Cousins last year, if you remember, the team wasn't gelling, and they just weren't winning consistently. And there was issues with Zimmer, and I, I get all of that. But if you just looked at the numbers of Kirk Cousins, he was having an MVP type of season through nine, ten weeks, and then things deteriorated a little bit. Um, so if things hold for this team, I said he could be, a, and again this year, he could be an MVP candidate. And and how about Kevin O'Connell? Young, first of all, he looks like he's 12 years old. But young, energetic, the complete counter opposite of what Zimmer brought. And he brings that, that, that offense, that scheme that ran out in L.A. so precisely. And he made, yesterday being the small litmus test, he made Kirk Cousins a better quarterback. He made Kirk Cousins a better quarterback. And and when you look at Cousins' numbers yesterday for what he did, and he was only sacked once, hurried a couple of times. That was it. He didn't – usually he makes a mistake, a bad read, a bad decision. He's kind of, um, you know, Jay Cutler 2.0 at times because he can't, he's a better quarterback, I believe, but he can make that stupid mistake. Didn't do it yesterday. Didn't just toss one up to toss one up. Really was smart with the football and, uh, and, and played really well. Quarterback rating, I think, of like – 118, 119, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So he made Kirk Cousins a better quarterback. Packers, on the other hand, it just wheels wheels fell off early, and that was pretty much it. That was all she wrote. Uh, because when you look statistically at this team, now think about this for a minute. Uh, the Packers on third down were 33.3%. The Vikings on third down, don't tell me that the Packers defensively did not get off the field. Because it was 30.8%. They were only 4 of 13. Both teams converted via the air on third down as well. The net yards, that's a big difference. 395 to 338. Both teams total offensive plays, 61. The Vikings averaged one yard more per play at 6.5 versus 5.5. Uh, both teams rushed for over 100 yards, 126 for the Vikings, 111 for the Packers. Packers ran the ball 18 times, whereas the Vikings ran it 28 and kept the Packers' defense a little more off guard. They started to really kind of salt it away, though, in the second half of that ball game. Uh, the average gain rushing play, the Packers actually did better, 6.2 versus 4.5. The uh, net yards passing, 269 to 227. Well, a couple of those big plays were to Justin Jefferson. You know, um, th- the times that each team threw the ball and the yards that were lost, think of this, quick outs, one time for a minus eight yards, four times for a minus 33 yards, 
And then you've got um, time of possession, obviously about three points or uh, two and a half minutes apart. Uh, but it's the turnovers, two turnovers. The one turnover really didn't hurt the Packers. That was the the pass, the interception that went down the middle and it ended up being picked off. It was intended for Randall Cobb, and it gets picked off. Uh, the other one, when Rodgers got squashed, that turned into points. But the Packers, and really it was a penalty-free game, three penalties for the Vikings, two penalties for the Packers. You can look at this and go, wow, what a game. It was just a hard-fought game, and it wasn't. Packers got beat in the trenches. They got beat up front defensively and offensively. Uh, defensively meaning the Vikings' defense outplayed the Packers' offensive line. Um, and I know people say, well, you know, look, Bakhtiari wasn't in there. Well, he wasn't in there all of last year either. Yash Nyman played left tackle last year and did it well. Did it well. They were coming up the gut. They blew up Jake Hansen. They were blowing up anybody and everybody on that offensive front. Royce Newman didn't hold the edge very well yesterday. So they they won energy. They won trenches. They won hustle. They won those points that you don't often, you're not able to put your thumb on. You know, st- you know cumulative statistics. But uh, that's where they won that ball game. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Do it. 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, by all means, go ahead and do so. Thoughts on the ball game? Got a lot of emails coming in as well. If you want to drop us an email, do it. The Bill Michaels, the T-H-E, Bill Michaels, at gmail.com. Our buddy Steve today writes, tough weekend for our football teams. As for Bucky, Graham Mertz played decent despite a craptacular offensive line. Let me stop there. Offensive line has been a staple in Wisconsin for as long as I can remember. The day I walked through the door back in 1999. It's been the backbone of the Wisconsin Badgers. Suddenly, it's a sieve that doesn't get downfield penetration on a consistent basis. So that that's that's one of those things when you look at it and you go, oh, red flag, red flag. Uh, he says it's been a long time since the front five of the O-line played that atrociously. The defense was also less than stellar, and I think the kicker was kicking with his arch rather than his toe. Ben, you tell me about the offensive line. Am I wrong on this? They, they just they they don't get the explosiveness that they once did going back two, three years. Correct. They have not had, well, the last two years have been quite poor up there for Wisconsin standards. I will right. say they were without their starting right tackle. And some of those big pressures on Mertz came from that position. The penalties are really what I would point to because so many big plays were wiped out by holding penalties, hands to the face, things along those lines. But yeah, it's, it's really concerning because even when Washington state packed the box with eight guys, it wasn't that they were getting penetration. It's that Wisconsin O line just, it didn't look like they were assignment sound. It just, they looked overmatched. They weren't in the right spots really all game. So that is my big cause for concern coming out of this. I can't really explain it because they have all the talent up there. We thought Bostad would come back and, you know, set the offensive line back up for success, and it didn't happen, and it's not going to get much easier going forward. Here's the question. Is it coaching or is it personnel? Because if it's personnel, you start to look at the recruiting aspect of things. It's tough to say based on the one game, 
I can say from the right tackle position, like there were a couple, there were many times that Logan Brown out there just got beat straight up uh, and right. wasn't able to block or held or whatever. Some of it might be, I, I can't really say for sure whether it's one or the other. It's not recruiting because they have more star talent in that room than they've ever had. So it's got to be something right. else. That's That was my point was if you just look at it and go, no, nah, it's not recruiting. Then you go, okay, is it coaching? Is it technique? Is it because the coaching is the ability not only to coach technique and fundamentals, but it's also the ability to get through, to be able to knock down any restrictive wall to say, okay, I'm going to put you in the best position to be successful and give you all the tools to do so. That's what coaching is. And you got to, you got to scratch your head on that. Cause it was just like, it, it was Washington state just that big of a matchup nightmare that, that, that resulted in some of those penalties, the penalties that resulted in some of the problems they had up front where they were just quicker, faster, stronger, whatever it happens to be, they just had a matchup that they believed that they could exploit all day long that you absolutely positively had no answer for. I, I, I find that hard to believe. So anyway, he goes on to say, uh, then we have the disaster of the Green Bay Packers. I told my buddy Christian Watson would be a big, have a big splash touchdown. I was almost instantly right, but the drop set the tone for the rest of the day. Extremely disappointed with the defense. Supposed to be top five. Every aspect of the game was horrible. On a bright side, and I wanted to bring this up, congratulations to UW-Whitewater. They cannot find teams to play them because how good they are and nobody wants to lose their ranking and some of the lesser teams that you normally want to beat up on aren't playing them as much anymore so they had to put mary harden baylor on the schedule mary harden baylor for those that don't know they're number one in the country they're the defending champions and they brought them into perkins stadium and they beat them kudos to coach bullis and the uw whitewater warhawks it was an incredibly exciting game an incredibly exciting finish and they come away with a win. That That is huge this early in the season to have that kind of momentum now backing you. Now, it's what you do with it and how you handle success. But, man, what a huge win for UW-Whitewater. So kudos to them as well. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He's gone through the film. He'll look at it, and he'll tell us his thoughts on all of this. We'll go through our laundry list of things we want to discuss. If you want to chime in, I'm going to open up the phone lines next, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, that's a great way to do so. You can also email us, no problem there. Uh, simply thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That is thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin want to remind you that, uh, hey, uh, they now, right now, a great time to take advantage of their wide range of the beautiful wood designs. They can be painted. You can stain them. You can get them unfinished. You can complement any decor. So maybe you've got a room with white walls. Pella's expert installers are going to match it with the wood around the windows in that room. Or you can stain others to match the wood tones in other areas of the house as well. And with all the superior craftsmanship, it leaves with no hassle, no mess, all that kind of stuff. Just great results. And they have the best wood warranty in the industry to prove it. So not only do they come out and they custom cut, measure, all that kind of stuff. They measure it, they cut it, they assemble it, then they come out and custom install it. But they've also got a great Great, great warranty that goes along with it. And right now, offering an incredible special. No money down, no payments, and charged zero interest for 24 months. You can't beat that. 
So get started today. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. This expires at the end of the month. There are some restrictions. You can see the showroom for details. You can visit them, by the way, in the beautiful showroom. Uh, they've got one in Green Bay. They've got one in Brookfield. They've got one in Madison. Or go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or just call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. And uh, tell them we sent you because they're, they're truly, truly worth not only economically for your home, beautification for your home, value for your home, and security, which to me is probably the biggest issue, security for your home. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wish we were uh, talking today on Better Terms. At least the Brewers won two out of three over the weekend, right? That was maybe the uh, between them and UW-Whitewater beating Mary Hart and Baylor. Um, those are the two things that at least gave us a little bit of a bright spot because the Green Bay Packers certainly did not. Joining us now, Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, on the line and uh, talking about this game from yesterday. Uh, where do you want to start, Eric? Do you want to start with uh, the uh, first throw of the game, the defense on Justin Jefferson, I mean, or lack thereof? I mean, there's so many things to point at that the coaches now have on film to say, okay, that stunk. Well, Bill, thanks a lot for having me on this morning. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you bet. Well, <laughs> where to start? There's a lot of good things there. Um, lack of adjustment to uh, – to Jefferson, probably that's a really good one. I don't understand what they were doing out of all the time. Um, I, the only thing that that comes to mind, and let's be real here, is that this was not a um, a game that they probably put a lot of, of uh, emphasis on as far as, as as far as getting ready for. And and secondly, with that is you got a whole new group in there, new defensive coordinator, new offense. So they don't really, I don't think they really knew what to expect. By the next time they play them, they're going to have a book of information based on what they showed this week and every subsequent week. So when they get them second, um, a second time later in the year, it's going to be a lot easier for them to, uh, to have. So, you know, they're going to have a big database of what's going on and what they like to do and how to do it. So, I think they'll be okay. I I would not doubt that they'll be okay. The only concerning thing was I had been preaching to anybody that would listen that the offense is going to be fine without Devontae. I think they'll really struggle and say two minutes or downfield. But I thought, you know what? A lot of motion, a lot of movement, running that, quote, Matt LaFleur offense. I thought the offense would be better, and it wasn't. I know, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers alluded to route trees and assignments and, you know, a lot of the mental preparation that went into this game or didn't go into this game. But I thought this offense would be better. And it just – were you a little bit surprised that the offense just couldn't get out of its own way? For a little bit. You know, then I remembered last year against the Saints in week one, they had Devontae Adams. They had MBS. They had 
at uh, St. Brown. They had Lazard. They had all their four complement receivers, and he still got spanked and looked pretty bad. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not throwing the baby out the dishwater on this game here yet. You know, there's there was stuff there that you really like. The running game was awesome. <clears throat> um, I mean, they got 111 yards on 18 carries. That's pretty solid. Um, and then the rushing yards per attempt, including everybody top to bottom was 6.2. I mean, you can make a living on that, Just whether or not they're going to or not, or whether they, whether they have the, the stomach to make a living running the ball is going to be um, um, up to them. And that's, that's what it was yesterday. I mean, it, it, it's really difficult. Let's face it. You got Aaron Rodgers on the center. You really want to have Aaron Rodgers hand the ball off 25 times. It's hard. It's hard to do, right. but I think that's one of the things they, they're going to need to do is hand the ball off a little bit until these guys uh, get things figured out a little bit. I, uh, the coverage on Justin Jefferson, let's start there. After the ball game, uh, Jerry Alexander said to the media he had been pleading with the coaches to allow him just one-on-one coverage. Wherever Justin Jefferson goes, he goes too. That didn't happen. I know Joe Barry's going to have to have to answer for that. Could you? I I could not see a rhyme or reason for not putting Jair on him. Could you? Wow, that's a really good question. The only way to answer it is: listen, we don't know this offense very well. We're going to sit in our base. We're going to do our base stuff. They beat us. They beat us. Now we know what we can do next time. That's the only thing I can think of. Because I mean, I think if this is a real game. You know, and I know it's a real game, but let's say this is a game in November. I think they shadow him with 23 and they go after it. But um, I, that's the only thing that I can muster up was, you know what? We're, we're going to do our base stuff. We're going to treat this as a dress rehearsal and we're going to get tape on these guys. And then after that, it's going to be over. I, I, other than that, I'm not so sure what else you could say. I mean, I, I don't know. It's flabbergasting. Talking with Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the Packers' loss yesterday at the hands of the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, special teams, I know people say, well, you know, special teams didn't cost us. Almost, twice, uh, right up the gut, both punts almost got blocked. Two punts almost got blocked yesterday. So while it didn't cost the Packers anything, it certainly looked like all the problems aren't 100% fixed either. Nope, that's for sure. Um, And they're going to need to get some of that cleaned up here is they're going to face some teams that have better special teams than the Minnesota Vikings, that's for sure. Uh, but they need to, um, well, first of all, it'd be really great if you didn't have to punt four times. Um, you know, that's that's part of it. But the other part of it is, is they need to be, uh, you know, they're going to need to just be better sound, fundamentally sound. You know, it seems like they really just struggle up front. Um, you know, hunker down and, and, and secure your gap and go tackle later. But most importantly, secure your gap first. So I, I, going into the next contest against the Chicago Bears, it's Sunday night football. The Bears get a win yesterday and, and really somewhat of an upset by knocking off the 49ers. Where do the Packers go? What do they need to do better, in your opinion? Well, I think they – first of all, that is a fantastic question. In my opinion, where do they need to go? I think they need to, A, number one, run the ball. And I think uh, the quarterback needs to be patient and allow that stuff to develop. And more importantly, 
get the dang ball out because he is not going to make it the entire season getting beat up like he got beat up yesterday. And I hope he realizes that. And I, I think he does. I don't think he's, he's – um, I think he's pretty worldly and pretty sharp, and he knows what, what's going to happen to him if he continues to hold on to the ball like that, uh, especially when you have the two tackles that they were playing in that ball game. I mean, that's that, – especially the right tackle. That was, that was tough sledding in there for those fellas. Um, so, again, my keys are hand the ball off, get the ball out in three seconds or less on offense – and on, and on defense, they're going to have to be more physical um, at the at the point of attack on the run game. And when they when and if they're going to play zone, they got to be able to get to the ball quicker. Because in zone, you're basically all right. Catch the ball, and we're going to come tackle your ass, or your your back. So we want to make sure that we are uh, fundamentally sound and, and making those tackles right off the bat and and, and reading your keys, uh, but. I mean, I think it's real simple. I think that they can take care of the Bears um, by just doing just real simple football stuff. Um, I wanted to also ask you, defensively speaking, in the trenches, well, first of all, Quay Walker. Let's go back to him real quick. Quay Walker, I thought, had a pretty solid game, albeit some of the tackles he had were more downfield. So I saw a guy that's aggressive. He can truly play sideline to sideline. I think he's got some covering capabilities, but he also had some mistakes. He also had some tackles more downfield that you would have liked to have seen made more up front near the line of scrimmage. Well, I think against the passing game, I mean, he's a classic zone linebacker boy. Holy man. You catch the ball and he's going to be on you, uh, you know, very, very quickly. So that is very, uh, I thought that was the most impressive part. I mean, his, his just sheer speed, uh, I think, really uh, jumped off the field or jumped off the screen when you're watching him play. Um, some of the stuff that was tackled downfield, I think it had to do when, when they had their second stringers and their second unit in there. Uh, you know, poor Wyatt, man, first-round draft pick, he, he had a rough day yesterday. I mean, decent off the ball, but, man, stand up, get pushed around. So some of those things happen. Um, and then and then it makes it look like you're making a tackle downfield. And, you know, hey, come on, let's get after it. But I I really like Clay Walker. I think that he's got a very high ceiling. And, um, I think hopefully that shoulder isn't going to keep him out at all. Because that he, he makes a difference on that defense. And then in the trenches, uh, Jake Hansen yesterday, uh, boy, I, I think I would have gone with Zach Tom over Jake Hansen, don't you? Well, it's hard because when you have a guy that you, that, that you can that has played live NFL ball, it's really hard to take that guy out of there and replace him with a guy who's only played in preseason games. Um, that That's a tough thing to do. And you hear NFL coaches talk about it all the time. Hey, this guy played a lot of football for us. We know this, we know that, but yeah, he certainly had a, had a rough goal. And then when Runyon went out, uh, they did put Tom in there at left guard. Um, so I, you know, hopefully next week it looks a lot different if they can get Jenkins in there. But uh, from all the reports that we're seeing, it, it may not be till the Tampa Bay game before uh, Jenkins and Bakary get back, and they're just going to have to, you know, get rid of that ball sooner and do a little bit more with the tight end and the running backs to to make sure that that quarterback can stay upright. Good stuff as always, and uh, we'll talk again uh, later on about all of this because it wasn't the best of uh, best of situations, I guess is the best way to put it, you know? 
No, but I mean, listen, the Bears, I don't think, look very good either. So I think it could be a one heck of a ball game on Sunday night. First of all, it's Packers-Bears. But, uh, you know, we'll have to take a look, a little bit closer look at that uh, 49er-Bear game. And, and there's going to be some similarities there between the Packers defense and the 49ers and uh, some ways that they can capitalize it, I'm sure. But we'll find out. So, great week. Good stuff as always, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Enjoy. Thank there you. There you go. Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and uh, giving us his thoughts is uh, a lot of different uh, areas of the Packers need improvement, but it should be a good game, hopefully a Packers better game. Uh, and you want to see how much uh, – because uh, to, to start off with the uh, the Vikings in that particular atmosphere for a team with a new – I said – I mean, I picked the Packers to lose. Okay, so let, let's let's keep it real here. But I didn't expect them to look that bad. I thought it would be a kind of a back-and-forth battle, and and uh, the Packers just come up a little bit short. I didn't expect them to be that bad, but uh, but they were that bad. They were that bad. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. And at Quick Trip right now, how about winning a Winnebago? One of the uh, the, the camp fans? Those things are cool, right? You can go off-roading. You can do many different things with our friends at Quick Trip because through Mountain Dew right now, they are giving one of these things away. I kid you not. They're giving away one of those Winnebago, those those camp vans, if you will. And uh, right now you can stop in. You can play the Mountain Dew pool tab game and from Quick Trip. You can go off-road, whether it's in, in many different types of uh, Mountain Dews. Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew Energy, Bubbler, Muscle Milk, or even the Evolve Beverages Use your quick rewards card, and that adventure begins where the pavement ends, my friends. You could win that brand-new Winnebago Revel. Nice stuff from our friends at Quick Trip, and uh, <laughs> I love Quick Trip. And stopping there all the way uh, across the uh, across the state and beyond because I have them in Minnesota as well, which, by the way, Quick Trip is a sponsor of uh, Vikings football as much as Packers football. So they're kind of kind of hedging their bets in both areas. But, uh, but, yeah, Quick Trip, good place to go. Stopped there again this morning and grabbed – couple things uh, on my way into the office here today uh, over here in Eau Claire. Love Quick Trip. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.